millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff. And I am Brett. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I am fine and dandy. Fine and dandy. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I've had two days off work. One of those days I spent, or half of one of those days, I spent treating myself. Right. To what? uh, What fineries did you treat yourself to? Me and... uh, the good wife went to, uh, uh, we went to a fancy hotel, had a very nice lunch, and then yeah. sat by a pool for a few hours. She fell asleep. I kept uh-huh. going under a waterfall to get my hair wet. Uh, and yeah, nice. it was very nice. It was baby free. She was being looked after mm. by the nanny. And then That's good. today, also had a day off and um, yeah, treated myself to some material goods today. I bought. Two new shirts for work. <laughs> so very <laughs> lovely. <laughs> at this out. at this lunch, was there any lunch and meats on offer? Sadly, I've never seen the lunch and meats on offer at any lunch menu that, anywhere. That it's very sad, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Thanks. What else? What have you been up to? I've been just sunning myself. No, nothing at okay, all. I haven't. Good. I don't leave <laughs> lead the lifestyle like you do. I do have questions for you if you'd like uh, to hear them. Go on and do the questions. I've got a, a film documentary uh, request not a request recommendation request. <laughs> do oh, the well, questions and i'll tell Great. you about it we'll do, we'll do the questions and then you can tell us about your documentary mm-hmm. um first uh, this probably doesn't happen in, in the wonderful place that you live but uh, what do you think would be a suitable punishment for people who throw their disposable masks on the ground because um, shields is littered with Disposable mask. I think it's disgusting and it also goes on to a point I want to make after I've made the good recommendation. <laughs> um, right. I think it's disgusting. I think all littering, I think littering is yeah. probably the stupidest, worst, most selfish, pointless thing crime. anybody can do. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's so inconsiderate and pointless, it just doesn't need to happen. You've got to yeah. go out of your way to throw something out of your car window or drop it on the floor or whatever. It's uh-huh. I, honestly, I, I don't, not many things it's, get it's a me, pet peeve. yeah, not many things get as, as annoyed as, as littering. And um, so what, what crime, what, what, what do you think the punishment should be? I think they should be made to eat the mask. I think that is a good one, definitely. 
I think it's disgusting. That's a, the, you know, the, in a time of a pandemic, people would take the mask off and throw it on the ground. What they take it off for anyway? Just disgusting. Oh, <laughs> well, God knows. Well, I think eating the mask is a good one. But so I think well I, I think there should be three masks, and you pick one. Uh, one of them's mm-hmm. yours, so you might just be eating your own dirty mask, but you might be eating somebody else's dirty <laughs> there's mask. A, there's a chance you might be eating somebody else's dirty mask. Mm-hmm. So you're going to spread the virus. I don't know that person's <laughs> going to die of the, of the virus, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next on, uh, we've all heard of Bobbit, but is there a body part that you couldn't live without? <laughs> what do you think? A body part I couldn't live without. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't like to live without a tongue. We've discussed why in previous episodes. Oh, is it the cunnilingus again? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's a good one. And uh, last one. Um, are you aware, <laughs> Clifford, of me and you being in any film or TV show? Together. Have we been in a film? Yeah. Or a TV show. Have we been in one? I think we might have been in a TV show. What? I don't know. It's just the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yeah. Well, I can't remember being in a film or a TV show. I remember being at an Ant and Deck thing where I was throwing paper at them and got chucked out. But I don't think that should be a valid reason for me and you being on the internet movie database, do you? <laughs> It's oh, raw. Oh, we... <laughs> yes. Did you put us on there? Oh, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. If I did do it, I would have put my full name in oh, instead did... of just putting Brett and Cliff like two Brazilian footballers. <laughs> oh well. Um, yeah. Have you got more questions? That's weird. That's it. Um, well, <laughs> That's weird. Talking about Brazilian footballers, here's my documentary recommendation. You may have oh, seen it. I think I might know what I've read about it, I think. Kaiser. Yes, about the fake footballer. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I, 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 for a previous podcast, I did a, a question about him. So, yeah, I haven't watched it or anything, but I know a little bit about it. It's amazing. I watched it today. It's it's amazing. Is um, it? I, there's some, like, kind of... Uh, Coat hangers, business going on behind you there, isn't it? I know, I didn't know what was going on there. <laughs> I saw a, f- a figure in the back. Um, uh-huh. Honestly, it's superb. It's uh, it's basically, yeah, this guy who it was never that good a footballer, but seems to have conned himself into uh, playing for the like big teams in Brazil. Yeah. And he was such a likable rogue that everybody just kind of went along with it. So you've got people mm-hmm. being interviewed like Carlos Alberto, Bebeto, and people like this, and the, and the thing going, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, we trained with them, and then we'd be like, what the fuck's this guy doing here? But he was like the best guy. But uh-huh. it's excellent, and it has a, it has a bit of a sting in the tail as well. Uh, it's all oh awesome. well, yeah. So it's definitely well, worth watching. Yeah, I've been mean to to watch it because, like I say, I, I was doing a question about con men or something like that for an earlier podcast, and I, I sort of came across him in it. It was interesting, like, and he kept uh, getting injured. And wasn't it in the crowd getting sent off when they were going to bring him on? Or well, something like it that was like one of the crooks' bits is like he's been playing for this team for ages and he's like the president. Because in Brazil, like, all the presidents are 
corrupt or whatever. And yeah. he's like his pet man because he can he goes to all these clubs and stuff like that. So yeah, the president the loves him, but he says like uh-huh. the club's doing so badly, and everybody's like, why? Why have we even got this guy? Like, so he calls him. He's like, "Look, I'm getting so much shit. You've got to play, but don't worry, I'll put you on the bench. Um, <laughs> but, but you're you're gonna have to come on at some point because, yeah, like I, I'm gonna get lynched. Like, and I can't, you know. Mad. So uh, eventually, he says he's proper pissed off that he's got to like get on the bench and stuff, and he's, he's worried <laughs> about having to play. Like, he keeps on his interviews now. He's saying like. You know, I had absolutely no interest in playing football, like ever getting in the team for any any club that I signed for. Um, <laughs> he had no interest. So why did he do it in the first place? Just, just for the prestige, for money. I think he wanted he wanted money, um, and he knew mm-hmm. that footballers in Brazil were like revered, and he would be able to get money through it. Um, so yeah, so eventually, like he gets the nod to go on, and mm-hmm. uh, he jumps over the fence and like punches <laughs> a fan before he's yeah. gone and he's like giving the interview yeah, going right. uh, giving the interview like ah, I got sent off before I even step foot on the pitch and he's like <laughs> 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 uh, what a chance it's mad that these people exist though isn't it that you know uh, like there's more there's more to the overall story that you have to I wouldn't want to give yeah it. you've got to watch uh-huh. it it's, it's really really good um, I will watch so it. that was good um we got you. There was a new review on the apples. The apples. Oh yes. You want to read that? The apples. <laughs> yeah, there was a new review on the apples, wasn't there? From uh, a broth matter from from Ian. Mm-hmm. Um, he says top stuff. If you want a very colourful show, top stuff. Top stuff. Not tough stuff. Hang tough. He says hang tough. Hanging tough. Yeah. Who was the best one at that? Hunter? Who? Oh, the gladiator. Uh, The hanging tough, yeah. Jet. Jet was the best. Was that where you had to get your legs around people and pull them off? On the rings? Yeah. Uh She was the best. Uh No doubt about it. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) If you want a varied and colourful show, then this is the one for you. Brett and Cliff are obviously really good mates and create a style that you want to join in with. Lots of laughs, but they know when to be serious too. You do. Anyway. Plus, showcasing some great music. Highly recommended. Hang tough. Hang tough. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Abroth, Macam. Yes, thanks. Uh, smoking, smokies. That's the thing, isn't it? Abroth, smokies. Smoking, smokies. <laughs> That's that's your new van. That's the name of your van. The smoking Smokies. Smoking Smokies. <laughs> Stop talking in that voice for the rest of the podcast. Not pork, man. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, yeah. So before we go on to talk about what we're going to talk about, I also wanted to tell you, um, I've started reading the Stephen King book. So there's that. For me. Ooh. Yeah. What? The one about what going book? back in time and uh, and. JFK. Oh yeah. You said it was very long. Eleven. It is, yes, it is very long. Eleven twenty-two sixty-three. I'm annoyed that I've started such a long Why are you annoyed? Because it's a long book, <laughs> it doesn't be that long. It takes ages to read. I, I, read I read books for about like 20 minutes, like before I go to bed or whatever. Uh yeah. it's gonna take us about a year to read this by the sound <laughs> of it. 
<laughs> and on it the Kindle, actually, it tells you what percent. I'm like, I can't, 3% I've been yeah. reading it. It's like four days I've been reading it now. <laughs> it's taking the piss out of you, is it? It's good. I'm enjoying it, though. I'm enjoying it. It is. It is. It's a very good book, but it's just long. I think you would have been better off starting with one of these short stories. But you've delved into it now. Did you... Do you generally finish the books that you start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got stamina. Yeah. You've got stamina. That's and staying good. power. I've got it. Yeah. I've got them both in spades. <laughs> That's good. It's good to know. So, yeah, I will. Like, this is like your Tinder application, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way you use in this podcast. I'm married, I'm married, but I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. But if, if you did have one, which I know that you don't. Because we don't even know what that is, do we? I don't know how it, what you put on. Presumably I don't know. You say like age, sex, location. Age, sex, location. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that it? Is that is that all the requirements? <laughs> <That's it. laughs> is is this what you ask of them as well? Yeah. 16, Their location. Sixteen they plus. Age, sex. Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just simple yes no question. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> you just put why why or n. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Don't even need to include that you've got a pork butt. Do you? No. Um yeah. no, I wouldn't put it in. I'd keep that to myself to be honest. <laughs> Don't want them knowing everything about us. Um yeah. the other thing is quite very quickly, uh I've just watched Coronation Street off last night. I know I always watch Coronation Street, but it was a two truly excellent episodes uh, centered around uh, a hate crime. There's a, a young goth lass, and she, one of the lads who started seeing her in a bunch of charvas. Mm-hmm. I beat, beat them up, like not like they might die. Um, but it was just, it was done so excellently, like the, the kind of the aggro and then the beatings you didn't really see. And then uh-huh. the the emotional turmoil of their loved ones when they realised they were in hospital and stuff. Uh, honestly, it was it was fantastic. Uh, a, a very obviously a serious kind of topic, which you know sometimes you don't really do well or you don't get a lot of them on those kind of shows. But uh, it was ge- genuinely, genuinely brilliant TV. Uh, Is it? Well, and... I don't watch Coronation Street. Are you still though? Used to watch it. Used to I... enjoy it. I know you do. That's why I'm telling you that was it was a good one. Um, so I just uh, I've been thinking about this a lot this week, but I think people still need to be reminded, like yeah, yeah, people who uh, throw the masks on the floor and stuff like that. The best piece of advice I don't think anybody can ever give you, which my old mate Steve Dunkley used to say a lot, is just don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Like why? There's no need to be a dick to people or just be a dick in general. Like once you're a grown up, you great, and you've you know you've got your shit together just don't be a dick it's a very yeah, simple too. rule to live by isn't it like it's not even hard just be nah. try and be nice to people <laughs> we're going to talk about Vic and Bob Reeves and Mortimer our comedy heroes one of the reasons that me and you hit it off in the first place is because we both loved these guys so much when we first met and to join <laughs> us to talk about it is a guy called Johnny Lynch um, who some of you may know, he goes by the uh, the musical moniker, the name Pictish Trail. He's a great guy. Uh, he's based in the remote island of Egg in Scotland. And he runs a label called Lost Map, which I love. And I've loved his music since I first heard it. 
but also the first time I saw him play, he did a Vic and Bob song in his set. <laughs> um, I remember you told one us. One of the reasons he's, he's coming on today, and we'll hear from him a bit later about the label, and we're going to play something from it. So I'll, I'll welcome him in. You are right? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> are we starting yet, man? Stop starting this, man! <laughs> Welcome to the Flea Circus. This is the legendary Flea Circus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we are here to talk about Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer, who I know you're a fan of. The best. Then you came to do a gig in Newcastle and you sang the day the Donkey Derby came to town in your set, which <laughs> I just I was absolutely floored by. <laughs> I think, you know, in my head, <clears throat> like... Uh, Vic and Bob have like they're on such a pedestal they're such legends that I kind of figured that in Newcastle and in the Northeast in general like everyone would know all the songs you know and that they would be just part yeah. of everyone's everyday canon yeah. you know everyone just yeah. would be able to recite them and sing them they sing them at church <laughs> what I imagine happened. yeah <laughs> right and uh to my dismay, I found that it's really only a small percentage of yeah. the audience that <laughs> is familiar with some of their oeuvre. But like so many great songs, like yeah, they're absolutely incredible. But yeah, the day the Donkey Derby came to came to town, <laughs> it's an absolute, it's a legendary one, isn't it? It is. It's one of the it best. Is. So we've asked you to pick your top five Fick and Bob moments that we could talk through. Um, you gave us six, which is absolutely fine. Um, the more oh, the merrier. That, no, the more the merrier. You gave us an option of two, but they were both too good to leave out. Um, yeah. When so you know you know the songs, you know all about them. I think we're about the same age. But when did you first get into them, and and how? I think I must have been ten. Or something mm -hmm. uh, in 1990, 1991. Yeah, ten years old, mm -hmm. and uh, just by chance, happening to see Big Night Out on the telly mm -hmm. one night, and for, for some reason, I must have been allowed to to stay up quite late because it was always on quite late mm -hmm. from memory. I think it was always on about yeah ten, eleven o'clock or something like that. Something stupid. Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. I'm remembering it incorrectly, but I remember the next day at school seeing my best friend Robin and being like. Did you? See, I just saw this thing last night. Did you see that thing? And he did. And we we shared this sort of sense of humor. And this thing kind of came into our lives at the at this point where we were just ripe and ready and blooming egg. Yeah, like it blew my mind. Like I just did not know what the hell to make of it at all. Just, yeah. What the hell? This is total chaos. Mental, isn't it? Yeah, I've got, I've, I was very similar. I think I. I've got a very similar sense of humour to me dad, and I watched it with me dad. And I remember just, again, just being blown away by how mad it was. And it was almost like anything could happen. And it generally did, didn't it, on that on that show? And I remember looking at me mum as like a nine-year-old, and me mum was just flabbergasted. What is laughing at? <laughs> she just didn't get it at all. Do you know what I mean? But me and me dad were in stitches. Especially when Mr. Wobbly Hand came on. <laughs> that was the best. What was good about Mr. Wobbly Hand? Oh, the slitherer. Put... <laughs> Mr. Wobbly Hand just got, he just got his uh, hand inside the paddock, so it does count. 
right, yeah. It does count exactly. Yeah. You, so we are the same age, and I think we got into it about the same time. But then, of course, you're a bit too young for a big night out, and it's on late. And But then The Smell of Reason Mortimer came out when we would have been about 13, and it was on about 9.30, I think. So we were, we were allowed mm. just to stay up for that. Um, and then it's like a show that that was kind of like of our own, I guess, at that one because it came out and we were ready for it and, and wanted it. And mm-hmm. at the age of 12, 13, 14, whenever those two series of that were on, it's perfect for teenagers to, to just enjoy this craziness. And some of it's a little bit daft and there's fart jokes, but there's also surreal moments. And, and I think it's that combination that makes it also good when you're 40 year old and yeah you know it, it's quite childlike and the fact that they're not tethered to anything semblant a time or place or 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 a movement it's you know it's not brit pop like or it's not brit art it's not 80s kind of ben elton style and all and all of that it's not it just is its own thing and i think that's why you don't get bored of it even 20 years later i can watch it all and still find different things to laugh at totally the more i look back on it the more i kind of just i'm amazed at all the the amount of stuff that they made and the kind Mm. of and the differences between the series and Mm. just how it stands out as being something completely different from any other comedy series before or after i think Mm. i feel like uh, any sort of any comedian's work before or afterwards i mean there's obviously comparisons you can make to some other you know comedians who do some surreal stuff but like they really were totally on their own and like the way that they it's weird because when you get older you kind of you tend to overthink things and analyze things in a way that when you're younger and you're appreciating the appreciating it in the moment you're just in awe of the daftness (laughs) but looking back at it and when you see that body of work you're just like this is totally amazing then when you hear the story about it like the story of big night out being this insane live show that would go on for three hours uh in the, <laughs> starting in a london pub and, beca- and building up this thing and then there being yeah. two you know tv commissioners in the audience one night fighting over who's going to get them <laughs> and then yeah it's mad isn't it? three it's weeks mental. later or a few months later they were on they had their own tv show <laughs> and apparently Bob Mortmer just turned up one one night and liked it and started joining in and that's how he, he was sort of involved in it. That's crazy that, isn't it? Like he just, just turned up. It's totally bonkers. And it's Mental. just and it's kind of testament to their friendship, isn't it? That that's like that it works and it's yeah. uh, such an incredible mm-hmm. combination. Yeah, so good. And uh yeah. I think also because like back then being like, you know, things weren't easily accessible. So like being a fan of Big Night Out and sort of seeing it late at night and not really understanding what was going on and missing tons of the episodes, you had to really work to kind of find a lot of that stuff Mm. on VHS and, you know, I didn't, you know, I had to save up all my pocket money to get all the videos and stuff. There was one like Big Night Out Mm. era recording that our friend Yeti had and I used to watch that. I remember his sister who's probably responsible for a lot of this stuff that I like, not because she was there showing us it or playing us it, but because we, she had moved out and were in her room and there was a big Reeves and Mortimer um, poster. One's on a moped and the other one's kind of on his shoulders, black and white, kind of almost like French <laughs> new wave, but just daft. 
Um, yeah. And there was a Stone Roses one, and we used to listen to her old CDs that she had moved out, and this thing was on the wall, and that was kind of what got my first experience of it was that. Um, and he had that video, and I just loved the songs. I think I loved the songs more than I loved the comedy at that point. The songs are amazing, and straight off the bat, they're amazing. I was listening to Tinker's Rucksack earlier on today, uh, <laughs> the summer of '75. Yeah. Which is like, <laughs> it's like a really good like. I was listening to it on my smart stereo system earlier on, <clears throat> and it's a uh, yeah, man, what a ridiculous but an amazing. Um, version of like the pogues that they kind of created with that song it's kind of a sort of weird pogsy pokey yeah. song and it's kind of like musically uh-huh. it is really on the nose it's really mm. bang on the thing and it's actually quite touching in places <laughs> reflections of you in the wall cascading <laughs> through my bloody mind <laughs> the one that cliff's talking about i think is is live in Newcastle, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I had that video as well. Me and too. I think some of it's on YouTube. And I was I, I was watching it a little bit earlier. And I think I wore out the tape of that. I watched it so much. <laughs> it's, again, it was just absolutely fantastic. Wonderful stuff. I mean, who would think that slipping a caramel under a squirrel would be funny? <laughs> but it is. <laughs> or pouring golden grains on a crab's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Lister uh, and the Novelty oh, yeah. Island. Yeah. Lister was always such a great character, and obviously yeah. it's just so short-lived as well. <laughs> like he was such a big part of uh-huh. that, big that out, and such a rivalry with Vic Reeves, and then for him just to kind of disappear. I love the laps with yeah. Lars. He came back, I, of course. He came back, he came yeah, back that, in the, yeah. In the recent series. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I just used to love the laps with Lard and they were counting counting <laughs> how many laps there were with the Lard. And how, he had, <laughs> and how he explained where he was like, that was only four laps. And he was like, no Reeves, one through the eye. And <laughs> yeah. he like explained so, the, the five <laughs> the five ways it was funny. I just, uh-huh. I just I like the argument they have yeah. over Mickey Rourke being a film star or a pop star. He's a pop star. He's a pop star. People find he's a pop star. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, um, I don't think yeah. we're going to talk about all of these five things that we said. Sorry. Different, but that's fine. Oh, that's a, that is much all right, that's in the all right. way of it the, goes. The other thing, the other thing that I like is like the, the created like a world or the created like a rival with Lister, didn't they? Where, yeah, that's you know, what I mean. It was like a love hate type thing. You don't thing get the backstory, Lister. but he hates, no. he hates him so much. <laughs> he does. Oh, is the word isn't he? Is it that live video where he dies at the end? He, he's yeah. become, he becomes Satan, he right? Shot. He, yeah. <laughs> oh, he gets shot because who is it? Is it um, yeah. Wavy, Wavy Davy is Satan? <laughs> Wavy Davy. And then Graham Lister comes in and it's someone else dressed up as Graham Lister because Bob's already out there and he kills him. Yeah. Oh, That's right. Yeah. Because Wavy Davy. Wavy Davy's like satanic, isn't he? Although he's like nice and wavy, he's evil underneath, isn't he? That's, <laughs> that's the thing with Wavy Davy. He's got the Hi-ya! sellotape and stuff on his face. Yeah. I just love, I love, I mean, you, it's just the camp voice that goes along with the waves. Just makes yeah. it, it's, it's the perfect combination of the wave and the, and the voice. <laughs> I've just remembered now. It's the man with a stick who shoots Lister in the end, isn't he? Because he comes out and he's yeah, I think you're someone's right. Lo- he's had his he's child drunk, kidnapped. Isn't he? Or something. Is he, he has had his drunk. child. He's yeah, had the, his child kidnapped. This, by... Yeah. 
<laughs> so the man with the stick that was one of my first choices yes, on this so thing that, and that like brings us under that yes and they like he is just such an amazing character being able to come out with that helmet with all of the vic's different drawings um, yeah. on it yeah <laughs> somehow managing to incorporate vic's art really? for the audience like sat there i mean they would hardly be able to see any yeah. of that sat in there. <laughs> the, effort, see it, yeah. the effort for the details uh-huh. to go into it like uh-huh. you could just leave it blank or you could write something big on it but there's loads of tiny little illustrations and words and things like that on uh-huh. that nobody's ever going to see <laughs> brilliant it's so good and then he had this he had this song the the holiday song which is the work holiday song which is just i've i've yeah. actually performed that at a few He's... gigs thinking people are going to sing along and no one ever i think sings i saw along. you do that somewhere <laughs> A cappella, if I remember rightly. <laughs> this year's works holiday <laughs> was two weeks away in Greece altogether. It was all arranged by Terry who gets flights cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just loved the... Like, I was completely in the dark. The dark. <laughs> like the pronunciation. <laughs> the melody on that line is just so weird. <laughs> it's bizarre, but, um, isn't it? But yeah, it's and also a tragic tale. Like uh, yeah, another tragic tale in the man with the stick's life. <laughs> He's been ripped it is. off. I mean, Terry in jail by Terry. <laughs> and Terry is... keeps stitching him up. He's always stitching him up, isn't he? I think. I think on the live one, it's heroin that he, uh, he the, the man on the stick eats, and his head swells up and he farts and he blows the flaming jet up or something like that. Yeah, he he told him it was sherbet, and I ate the flipping lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the only thing he chose in Big Day Out which to be honest there's so many bits but the fact that the Man of the Stick only exists in that series I think is a good one to to bring up for that to cover that period of time so the yeah. next mm. ones that you sent over one of them for me and for Brett we've talked about it on this I've also performed as George Michael at a friend's wedding uh, in this get up <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my I got my son one Christmas a George Michael mask and he was doing it. He was excellent at it. Him, <laughs> wonderful. There's no singing going on in this one, is there? Because he looks now like no, him. Not. Does he? So the, <laughs> the stars in the rice sketch. It's, it's a really good throwback to to action and its exchange from the big <laughs> yeah crowd. Sean Connery you know, the Sean Connery mask the yeah, Sean yeah, Connery yeah. mask yeah with the speedos. So <laughs> oh yeah. my god that's right yeah they're holding the speed <laughs> yeah that, that, that was, sketch is so amazing it's probably... that, that was the one that stuck out in my mind yeah. watching it with me dad because he was just crying with laughter when that John Connery bit was on <laughs> absolutely crying with laughter <laughs> it was the most things I've ever seen but I think they made it a little bit better with the, the uh, George Michael thing because I think this is the best TV moment I in history. Me, funniest, I think it's the best. Every time I watch ever. it, I just can't stop laughing. And it's it not is. just George I Michael. Think it is. And I always think it mm-hmm. is just George Michael, but it's not, is it? Because yeah. you've also got Simon and Garfunkel doing Good Vibration. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 bitch, man. Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they're not even singing a Simon and Garfunkel tune. <laughs> they're singing Beach Boys. <laughs> and so uh, Bob Mortmar's face while he's singing, he's got this cheeky smile yeah, on his face. He's got a, lovely, a well. lovely cheeky grin on his face when yes. he's doing them bits. He's loving it, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, that's the joy of their whole thing is that you can tell that they're enjoying it when they're doing yeah. it. And yeah. that they, at yeah. any moment, it feels like it could just completely fall apart. Yeah, and sometimes and it does so and one of them turns around or something. It. It, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> and all, like Rod Stewart is obviously on that as well. He's probably the least funny element of it, but that character that Vic plays uh, crops up every now and then, doesn't he? That's right. Yeah. Is his name Chris Summon? Chris, yeah, Chris, Chris Bell. Bell. Chris Bell, that's right. Yes, the company Chris Bell. With his tattoos and everything. That's the funny thing about that's the funny thing about Vic is that he's got this like I don't think he's really credited enough as being a really good mimic. Because he yeah. can do he can do really good accents. Like his London mm-hmm. accent is like a to- is hilarious, I think. He mm. totally becomes that person. Yeah. Yeah. Well and, uh, I love it. I love it when he does that. Well, for me, I think Bob makes that sketch. And I think Bill Decker obviously is fantastic. But I think it's Bob <laughs> as, murderer. as Matthew Kelly. It's just it's so good because it's not really a piss take. It's almost exactly like Matthew Kelly, but obviously not. It's uh, just, well, you just a little things. He said, "Oh, you look now like him." So I can't wait to see this transformation. And just those little bits. It's where a bit of pork with the meat under the fat. Is <laughs> the is the horse with the roast, isn't he? And has he got a microphone or something? He's got and he's sticking out the top of his head. It's, yeah. it's a microphone, I think. That's what it is. And he's going, "You want to see them, don't you?" He gets his white light bulb. Yeah, oh, it's so good. He's, he's just these the little camp mannerisms that just tickle me so much from from that. Um, but talking about Vic's uh, accents, his accent for the long off-screens Lloyd Grossman is what yeah. also is what makes the MasterChef clip that you also want to talk about from a, the same series. Um, this. Explain yeah, this one, Johnny. Definitely one of my Ex- highlights. Explain this sketch. So yeah, they, good luck. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a like all their best stuff. It's such a visual image that you like that is conjured as soon as you mm. think about that sketch. And I've yeah. got it on. You, I mean, listeners won't be able to see, but I've got it on my phone. Is like <laughs> my wallpaper. Yes! On my phone. It's Lloyd Grossman's massive head. It's huge. <laughs> So yeah, so like it's a uh, from the smell of Reeves and Mortimer. They're doing this sketch of Master Chef, which was then hosted by Lloyd Grossman, and uh, his accent is totally like spot on. I'm just <laughs> <positive>. <laughs> It's <laughs> amazing. The turns of expression. The, my favorite bit about that sketch is the way that he yeah. flies. It's, yeah, I think that's it. And there's like a sort of lone yeah. bell song. Yeah, a little big... lone bell chime in the background. It's like a Hama horror film or something, isn't it? It's just totally out of place. I mean, but he's massive heads totally out of place as well. And he's knife and fork fingers. And he's got so, he's, uh, he's got those pointy shoes that that Vic Reeves like always puts on. Characters very, short well. very short pants. Very short pants. Very short pointy pants. shoes. Like you just see hovering over. Um, so it's, it's Master Chef, and that's old school, presented by Lloyd Grossman, and he goes over to see uh-huh. three different people who've cooked food who are all variously very strange. Yeah, who's the best? Who's the best out of the three? Uh-huh. The three cooks. Would well, you say, Johnny, was it Joan Baptiste who uses her <laughs> real ears? <laughs> Is that her name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. No sacrifice is too great for my Jesus. She's done like a representation of Jesus Christ. Is where he does that classic Master Chef thing, and you see it on every episode where somebody will prod an egg and see if it's runny, and he does yeah. that with Jesus's eyes. 
And she goes, oh, you made him cry He's now. He's bloody crying now. <laughs> He's bloody crying now. And then when he, when he flies off, he goes, and I did not make your stupid Jesus face cry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is the thing about that sketch. that like, There's so many different aspects of it that, that work. And there's like the... Like, the you just recall the visual elements, like the guy who's got the trou- like who's pretending his pair of trousers, his shoe is a cake. Yeah. It's a cake, yeah. it's shoe, like a cake. He's got his nose a little bit too high up. Yeah, and he's got a really <laughs> big moustache. Sort of plasticine. <laughs> his moustache uh-huh. is almost like a hair. He's it's like, like a, a fringe. A who, isn't he? It's like a fringe. He's, he's like a who uh, off the Grinch. Yeah, he's, that's what he's he like. Yeah. That thing off the Grinch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You're um, just a fake. Cake maker, and I ain't got time for you. <laughs> oh. also, my favorite Does this mean I bit? ate a pair of trousers yeah. in your restaurant? <laughs> so, Show like, me no. your foot. <laughs> he's like, no, no, it was a trouser cake, a cake, a trouser. He's getting really flustered. He's been rumbled. <laughs> but also the fact Look that he's... fingers. Yeah, cause he, yeah cake, a cake, trouser, cake, cakey trouser. But he's obviously been described as like a cake maker to the stars, and now he's been outed as just serving them items of clothing. And it's, the whole thing is like a sort of like a surreal nightmare dream that you would have yeah. about an episode of MasterChef, yeah. which they've managed to create on screen. And yeah. there's uh-huh. something so hellish and dark, but also joyous and hilarious. Just really yeah. funny. You can't the not think, is- think about that without laughing. Yeah, the thing is, I mean, I know this is like a cliche, but where do they get that from? I mean, where do they get the ideas from? I want them to walk up in, in a cold sweat with Lloyd Grossman's massive head in, in their brain. You know what I mean? Where do they get? And now he's going to float and you're going to hear church bells in the background. What? <laughs> <laughs> You just imagine Vic and Bob writing it and just laughing to each other. Kind you know, of I suppose just like that, that art That's students, the right? Like they've, they've, you know, they've, so the surreal imagery and stuff might it would have been something they probably would have been taught as part of whatever the, the syllabus was and all of that stuff. And it just put it into a absurd, it's like surreal, but absurd, but also populist because it's about popular yeah. TV and music and stuff like that. Um, uh-huh. And such a, a, a such a big part of their thing is the the amount that Vic included his artwork in the in the show, like mm. and like and was deliberately some of it looked just really deliberately shit or looked deliberately <laughs> yeah. DIY or yeah. you know particularly in that first series of Smell of where they've got like the massive set, everything's looking really pro, mm. and then there's a whole section where like. It's just his drawings, and, and it's <laughs> just drawings that he's done in black marker pen. Yeah. Someone did a tweet earlier on about Licky Kiki, the home security yeah. dog. <laughs> Which he he might look cute, for. but he's a brute. <laughs> <laughs> what a beauty! <laughs> so good. But I love the I love the fact that there's something so unapologetic about the way that he presents his artistic ideas. Yeah, I like. It's, he knows what the element is that's funny and it's like it doesn't have to be some uh, crazy set piece it can just be this r- ridiculous yeah. image yeah. and he does that with Lloyd Grossman he does it with his Burt Reynolds character when he's Burt Reynolds <laughs> <laughs> he's got a massive head that's like throbbing red he's got like a bit of black tape for moustache that keeps falling off <laughs> yeah the, the best one that I've saw of Vic Reeves' drones was Elvis 
coming back from the shops where yeah, Elvis has got like a carrier bag. <laughs> have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. It's wonderful. I have. I've got it's that. Like... The sun boiled onions. Yeah, that book's yes, great. Uh-huh. That book's great. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that's probably the first time I really saw all of those images in one place rather than just in the background of a show or something like that. And it kind of brought it together. I love that book. It's really, really, really good. Um, last thing about Smelly Reeves and Mortimer that we're going to talk about is something that we we used to must again must have bored people senseless by singing Mulligan and O'Hare songs at them when we were 14 and 15 just at <laughs> strangers you know we would be <laughs> 17 18 in pubs like ostensibly trying to chat up girls but singing my roses left me at them and stuff like that you know like uh, I, I, yeah. everything just sticks in the mind but you've chosen a song without any words in fact a deeply instrumental track <laughs> <laughs> the instrumental yeah. version of when a child is born by johnny mathis <laughs> <laughs> which is quite unrecognizable that's, that's the name of those characters it's so mad. It's part of their album Pancake Day, which uh... it's, it is on, on a week where I've just added these tassels to my bike. Oh, this Melvin Bragg doing <laughs> also, the voiceover. Yeah, also, it's Melvin Bragg marks the release of Pancake Day. He's got little pictures of the A team on his bike. <laughs> and he's, oh, there's George Peppard. He's dead now, isn't he? Let's get rid of him. Take him off. <laughs> But yeah, the, the, the great thing about Mulligan and O'Hare is that, like, they could have just that that sketch could just have been, you know, two folk singers doing their like uh, Foster and Allen style, mm, yeah, uh-huh. you know. But what made it so great was that this the the instrumentals that they would have as part of their compilations <laughs> and their albums that would just exist, and you're just like, what the fuck is this? And it'd be like <laughs> Bob in uh, Mulligan, no, O'Hare in like a steam barrel in like a barrel, like. Yeah. Uh, turning the barrel, steam coming out, and then uh, Vic's character submerged. <laughs> Vic's character submerged in quicksand whilst pulling the udders. I love that noise. Sort of <laughs> the noise. Owl noises. <laughs> I like the way that Bob, Bob <laughs> while he's in the barrel as well, he's got his pants down to his ankles as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. What's the little tinkly noise after he does the wah wah? There's definitely a little, oh, yeah. Little, 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 little. I can't remember that. Is he tickling the others? It might be a different <laughs> might be. <laughs> but, like, but that's it. I mean, you remember the sounds. You even remember the yeah. sounds from that thing. And that's what's so, ama- like, so amazing it's about just, how they created these things. So, just, isn't just, isn't said, the other one there Another Day in Paradise, the other instrumental that they do on another album? <laughs> <laughs> another Day in Paradise, that's right. So, so the last time, the last time I shaved my beard, listeners, won't be able to see but i've got this i've got quite a massive beard now it's been growing mm-hmm. for the last year and a bit the last time i shaved it was in december 2019 when i was doing a charity gig and i went as both mulligan and o'hare and i shaved <laughs> off half of my beard right. so i had i was bearded i was mulligan on one side and o'hare on the other i had one knocker <laughs> <laughs> that yellow jumper. and i was sitting <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, yeah, one, it was yellow, one, one, yellow one off green. Yeah. That's right, it was. Yeah. Did you have a bad it's, leg though? I, 
Well, do you know, I was prancing around the stage so much. It was kind of like, <laughs> did, I'll be honest, it, didn't, yeah. it probably didn't quite work, but it was amazing for me. <laughs> but I did a medley of all their songs because uh, I'm such a massive fan. And it was like, it was that Stars in the Rise night that we were doing, and I thought I'd go as Mulligan in over here as a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, <laughs> we're going to quickly move on this is flown over we only got six minutes of this section left before my cheapskate version of zoom gets gets kicked out we're going to talk about bang bang which i think when that came out they lost audience somehow despite being in shooting stars which was huge when you look back at their stuff they have got like you can see the ambition there and i think by the series two of like of the smell of you know they're they're looking really sharp and really mm. cool mm. and yeah. they're looking like almost like light entertainers you know yeah. and they're kind of embracing uh-huh. that and they've got sketches that work with that and then shooting stars happens they have their big mainstream crossover hit and then bang bang is just them sort of it feels to me like they're just releasing all the surreal ideas mm. and they're kind of bringing in like by having all the celebrity guests with the stots at the end, yeah, kind yeah. of bringing in a little bit of a mainstream element mm-hmm. by having mm-hmm. who's the Caprice, Caprice. <laughs> who looks so confused yeah. by the entire thing. David <laughs> <laughs> Hill, certainly no. David so Hill's funny. like laughing. Sting, who doesn't uh-huh. seem like Sting the most, as well, uh, yeah. humorous man, is must. He's got. He must have known what he's letting himself in for. But Caprice just seems totally bemused by the entire thing. <laughs> and the guy from Crime Watch as well. He looks pretty, pretty bemused. <laughs> Who's another rent a kill box this week? <laughs> but we, right, have a fag. Have a fag if you want. One of the things. Is, uh, don't the put the fags in the ketchup. <laughs> the, on the smell of used to hit each other with pants and i always remember my dad saying he was a bit bored of that and i used to that, to be honest i didn't really get it at first but then on this the ticket on it's almost like some weird performance art they lifted to in this series the fights just get more and more it's kind re- of avant-garde they're brutal <laughs> like they kind of they're really hitting each other at some at some point it's really <laughs> whacking each other yeah. And then there's like there's some mad bits where like they're spraying each other with pledge. Yeah. And, <laughs> in the face, like, <laughs> and then there's uh and then yeah, they get a vacuum cleaner out and the birds, don't they? It's just they, they fly the away. I think my favorite one of this is uh gas cooker, gas cooker, where, <laughs> yeah. where he um he puts him he's got a big pot of chili and he started doing a master chef oh we we like a bit of that now yeah. don't we and they start arguing over the style of presenting for a cookery program and he ends up <laughs> shoving his face in a hot stew and shouting and then he's heading a cooker well <laughs> gas cooker <laughs> my favorite one is where he puts his head in, in a dryer and then he comes out and his yeah. face is all over the place there's one yeah. of my things about Vic and Bob is I think it's at its funniest when they're laughing at each other. I think yeah. I think you know that really gets yeah. us when they're they're cracking each other up. And he his head comes out, it's all over the place. He looks like a terrible version of the elephant man or something. <laughs> and he and Bob keeps hitting him on the head and killing himself laughing every single time he does. And like the show ends and Bob's just like keeled over laughing at him, hitting Vic with this funny face on it's 
Yeah, I love that bit. Yeah, I think, that, I think they must good. know by that point that they can just go free reign. Like, I wonder what the script was like for that, if it was just a case of yeah. just kick the shit out oh, of each other. He says, like, <laughs> get in the washer, you d- you dirty boy. You dirty, dirty boy. Dirty boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of household appliances in this series. He gets his, he gets his new Hoover. He's got, yeah. he's, he's got a gas cooker. They've got a washer machine. Vacuum, vacuum uh-huh. cleaners. Like there's loads of household <laughs> items used for attacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do you class uh, Scooby Doo bag as a household appliance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song. Yeah, I forgot about that. What a way to introduce yeah. a new series with that song. It's so. It's just perfect. Most people will know you as not so much as a huge Vic and Bob fan, but as a musician and a, and a record label owner. Tell us a little bit about your label and you, what you do. Music-wise, when did I start? I started in like 2003 making music as Pictish Trail. But before that, I was doing like comedy nights with friends in a, at university. And I mean, they were t- it was terrible, but <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> hugely influenced by all the Vic and Bob stuff. But um, yeah, and I would kind of intersperse songs in there. And I was part of a band when I was at university and sort of plucked up the courage to start writing my own songs. Um, really inspired by the Beta Band and uh, the whole fence scene that was happening in St Andrews, which mm-hmm. is where I was at the time. And um, became involved with that and started just making music as Pictish Trail. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I run a record label now called Lost Map. Um, I moved to the Isle of Egg in the Hebrides um, about yeah. 11 years ago. And Whoa, that long? yeah, wow. after I know it's mad, isn't it? It's kind of weird to think I've been here that long. And uh, I was still running Fence at that time, which is the record label based on the East Coast. And I was kind of traveling back and forward because I was living in the caravan on Egg and then traveling back to to the metropolis the sprawling metropolis of Fife every so often but um yeah after a couple of years uh that all fell apart and I started a brand new label called Lost Map um when I'd got my roots here on egg and I'd been putting on festivals here and I'd built up a roster of acts and we thought right yeah let's just let's just go for it and, and run our own thing and yeah so been running Lost Map since 2013 and making pictures trail music since 2003 god i'm old <laughs> <laughs> we're all getting old we're all getting old mate so how's the how's the lockdown been treating you then have you still been able to record and get to the recording studio i have yeah um i've like this last year i didn't do much at all because we just had um our youngest, she's two years old. And so, yeah, when the pandemic struck, you know, she was still, mm-hmm. she, it was just before her first birthday, just after her first birthday, sorry. And so, yeah, young children at home. My partner's a farmer. And so I'm at home a lot with the kids doing, yeah, just looking after them. And then with the schools and the nursery being closed and stuff, uh, it was just nonstop childcare. And then it got to the beginning of the year and I thought, I need to start writing some new tunes because. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had an album that came out last year that was meant to tour and the tour got cancelled because of mm-hmm. the pandemic and it got rescheduled. It's happening next year now. And uh, I've reached a point at the beginning of the year like, oh, I really need to start writing some tunes. So I have. I've been about halfway through a new album at the moment. I'm at a position now where like, I, I've worked with a producer, a guy called Rob Jones, who's based down in Aldershot of all places. And um, I take demos to him 
and we um he sort of helps me fully realize the mm-hmm. the the recording of a song because my my production technique is haphazard at best <laughs> i i don't use computers i use like i still use like an eight track so i've got like a little digital eight track here a little zoom eight track recorder yeah so that's why i record all my ideas onto but you release music your stuff comes out on fire records which is a great record label um and that's right and you release other people's mm. music on lost map so fire is i've just you've been that's right i mean lost maps become one of these things where go on sorry johnny you got yes uh, oh, i was just gonna say that um uh yeah fire records came and came along a couple of years ago and, and signed me for a three album deal and i've done a couple albums for them already now and they've been great and what the weird thing about lost map is it i don't it's a sort it is a label but we don't own anyone's music it's kind of like factory records was back in the day it's more sort of a collective of artists whose music we help release and we we do you know we make records and we distribute them and all that sort of stuff but ultimately we don't own the rights to anyone's music and so mm-hmm. i kind of try and carry the lost map name all, across all the projects that i'm doing and yeah. so i've tried to evolve it as much as i can in the fire records thing and it's been cool there's been other artists that we've been working with who've taken lost map and uh, we've been able to collaborate with other record labels and stuff mm. and i really like that because it means you just get to do you just get to work with tons of different people so yeah it's it's mm-hmm. yeah it's really fun I was just going to say last year, um, the album by Alabaster de Plume became a kind of, I'm going to say, a weirdly popular record, but weird is obviously a harsh term to use for it, but a surprise, certainly surprising that it touched a nerve with so many people. Brett, I'm not sure. I don't think we've ever talked about it. But also, when you listen to it, it makes perfect sense why it would be popular in 2020 when everybody's really anxious and locked down and going out of their minds and there's this existential dread hanging over everyone. Um, and that all, it's not on Lost Map, but it's co Lost Map co production release. Um, you do a lot of that stuff. That's right. Yeah, so we've got like it's funny we're allowed to we we worked with a label called International Anthem on that on that release and. Uh, they, in fact, it was going to be a Lost Map release and we were just going to do, it was going to be sort of an in-between record because uh, it's actually a compilation of instrumentals mm-hmm. that uh, Alabaster had recorded on his previous albums. And uh, we were going to do like a really short run of it and then this other label got involved and we were like, okay, well, we don't need, you know, you go with it and we'll, if you can just put our catalogue number on it and our little logo, mm-hmm. so it's cosmetically on there, um, then we can push it from our end and we've been able to, I've done all the sort of like press and radio stuff for it in the mm-hmm. UK where I've been sending it to people and uh, we got a really nice feature about Gus and the Guardian last year and stuff mm-hmm. and so we've kind of been working as like a it sounds weird to talk about the industry side of it but we've been able to sort of promote it as one of our own records mm-hmm. and helps you know help sell it and help push it and stuff it's been like it has been the most successful record we've been involved with and mm-hmm. But I've not had to deal with any of the financial side of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, that's boring, isn't it? <laughs> oh man, it's so you mentioned stressful. factory records. <laughs> you mentioned factory yeah. records earlier, Johnny. Are you signing your contracts in blood and everything? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly in, she- in sheep shit at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that Mulligan and O'Hare gig I was telling you about—that was one of my last gigs. <laughs> <laughs> what a way was to it? go out! Uh, it was. I mean, I did a few. <laughs> I did a few shows in the beginning of 2020 before the lockdown, but uh, I do miss it. But do you know what? You get like touring is quite is a funny thing because uh, 
you know, if you're at a really successful level, you know, touring is where they say you make all the money and stuff these days. Yeah. It's not from the records. Uh, and definitely touring is my living, but also there's like a lot of tours where it's, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not making money off the ticket sales. I'm having to make sure I've got enough merchandise on tour mm-hmm. with me and all that sort of stuff. And so there's a lot of anxiety that mm-hmm. kind of goes into the run up, the lead up to a tour. Yeah. <laughs> We are like shit. We mm. hope we sell some T-shirts on this thing because <laughs> otherwise <laughs> it's gonna be tricky. But, uh, so the, I, I have missed touring, but I've not missed the feeling of like being yeah. scared shitless beforehand before a tour <laughs> starts, which is what always happens. I'm touring mm. hopefully again later on this year. I'm supporting that band Django Django on yeah, a UK nice. tour, and really looking forward to that and there's a few festival um announcements that are going to happen in the next month or so as well so i mean we'll see if they happen but um you know i'm hopeful johnny we're <laughs> going to play a song from one of the artists uh on your label um mm. this might be very hard to do but if there's three records that people should listen to on lost map i'd recommend um there's an album by an artist called callum easter he released an album called here or nowhere that we put out in 2018 is that right 2019 Mm -hmm. and uh it's a really great record and um i would also say well we mentioned alabaster de plume earlier on Mm -hmm. but i would also mention ed dowie yeah um we released uh an album by him which uh, called The Uncle Sold mm-hmm. in 2017. It's really great. I love that one. And third album I'd recommend is uh, Yes I Am by Bassian, which mm-hmm. uh, I believe we're going to play a track from in yes. a little bit. Um, and that's the work of Serafina Steer and uh, and friends. And she is an amazing harp player, an amazing musician, a great singer. She's also a collaborator. She collaborated with um, Jarvis Cocker on his most recent record and part mm-hmm. His band and stuff and it's just a really she's just an amazing songwriter she's like i chose a track for this thing uh, because her songwriting style is so similar to it's so irreverent it, her lyrical style really reminds me a lot of vic and bob actually mm-hmm. like there's this song called no sign and the lyrics to it are just t- totally bonkers yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I watched the video actually today and that that was uh that was that was bonkers as well i, I loved it it was great Watch the video. Well, let's so, yeah, play it. I enjoyed the song. Let's play it. Um, cool, man. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. It's a real pleasure and an honor to have you on. I'm a big fan of yeah, what you definitely. do. Yeah, um, definitely. And we said briefly before, an absolute joy just to talk. This is what Vic and Bob does. We just had a great time for 40 minutes chatting about what they do, what they bring to the world, what they've made us feel over the years. Thank you for being part of that, Johnny. We both really appreciate you being on. Um, anybody you listening? wouldn't let it lie, would you? We wouldn't let it lie. You wouldn't <laughs> let it lie. <laughs> um, anybody who's listening, Johnny's on Twitter. We're going to tweet out the links to these clips that we're talking about. We'll we've already tagged Johnny and some of the stuff in the record label that we've done, but we'll do more of that so you'll be able to get in touch and find out what it's all about. Uh, you can like, share, and subscribe, and all of that shit if you want to. With our stuff as well, give us a review on the apples. Is that right, Brett? And yeah, and thank you everyone for listening. Thank you, Johnny, for coming on. Johnny, do you want to introduce the song one more time? Here it is. It's a call. It's a song called "No Sign" by the band Bastian. She didn't come back for days, and we noticed she wasn't there. Looked in her room, no sign of her. 
sign of high. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.